night. Talk about family when family's all that we got. Everything I went through, you were standing there by my side. And now you're going to be with me for the last time. Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 40, bonus episode. Hobbs and Shaw, our preview episode. We don't have a title for it, but our Hobbs and Shaw preview. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Two. And this episode's brought to you by Fandango. Fandango is a lively couple's dance from Spain, usually in triple meter... Oh, wrong Fandango. (laughs) Fandango is the ultimate digital network for all things movies, serving more than 67 million unique visitors per month globally with best-in-class movie information ticketing to more than 45,000 screens, trailers, and original video, home entertainment, and fan merchandise. So shout out Fandango.com if you haven't bought your tickets to Hobbs and Shaw yet. Check out Fandango. This is a bonus episode. We just put out our Fast Five episode last week. We're going to do Fast and Furious 6 live from your house with your wife, Rachel, next week. But in between the sort of the the last kind of week off before Hobbs and Shaw comes out, because two days after Fast and Furious 6 episode comes out, you and I will be again in person at the AMC Palisades 21 in West Nyack, New York, seeing Hobbs and Shaw for the very first time. We're going to put out that night or very early the next morning or whenever. Basically, we're going to go home, record an episode. I'm going to edit it and put it out. Whenever that is, it's going to be out. Uh, it's going to be our initial reaction, spoiler-filled reactions then. Are we doing spoilers that one? We said no spoilers. We're just going to do like a reaction to it. Oh, maybe. I guess I guess that's what Mike and I have done for Cage Club, that we did a sort of a spoiler-free. Like, there's going to be sort of, it's going to be like, not teeter on spoilers, but we're going to sort of not be like, hey, it was great. They're going to be more specific than that, but... Yeah, okay, I think, yeah. And then I think three weeks after that, maybe, after we do Furious 7 and after we do Fate of the Furious, and then we do Ben Milliman's Patreon Pit Stop, uh, we're yes. going to do our just regular, in order, Hobbs and Shaw episode, and that'll be a full spoiler-filled review, and that's going to be joined by the Mikester, Mike Manzer. We're going to pick him up for the ride-along lap again, and he's going to join us, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Yes, I'm excited. I'm very excited. We, I was thinking today, because we, a long time ago, when we had the idea for this type of episode, which we can do once a year for the next probably forever years as a new movie comes out, you know, we, we wrote down a bunch of questions. What are we hoping for? What do we want to see? What don't we want to see? All this different stuff. Yeah. We did a while back, I think it might have been on our Tokyo Drift mega crossover episode. The trailer. The, tra- the first trailer. And I remember, I, or I, I thought about it today, I know, I remember none of it. Like, I'm very excited. Like, I'm sure that when I see the movie, I'll remember some things here or there, but like, I'm basically going in as blind as I can, and I'm very happy about that. I was going to say the exact same thing to you, because today, as we talked about then, I'll repeat now, I had watched the second trailer since then, mm-hmm. because of my belligerent drinking, I don't remember anything that happened in the second trailer at all either. I'm going to go into this pretty blind as well. Very cool. It's also literally everywhere. Like, I feel like every time, you know, I have, I, I guess I'm technically a millennial, but I'm not a millennial. I pay for TV, I have a DVR, but I have TiVo, so I have the skip, the commercial skip. And so I can't tell you how many times, like, skipping the commercials, the final frame before the commercial, or before the show comes back, is a Hobbs and Shaw commercial. Like, it's everywhere. There's billboards, there's ads, you know, there's news everywhere. Like, even though we're avoiding the content, it's it's hard to really turn a blind eye to it completely. Yeah, they're pushing the shit out of it. Rich and I have been watching, like, lots of random TV, and if there's commercials on, we usually mute the commercial and don't watch it. Mm -hmm. Yes, I can't tell you, like, we have to do that, like, three times an episode for anything that we watch. It's crazy. You know, this past week or two. And I was driving home from Brooklyn last night, 
and saw a gigantic Hobbs and Shaw billboard on the way back. So Very cool. Actually, speaking of billboards, completely unrelated to Hobbs and Shaw, did I tell you, I think I sent you, maybe A24 public access billboards? Did I send you this link or no? No, you didn't. So A24, who makes a lot of our favorite movies, a lot has of them, put yeah. up four billboards, one in Queens, one in New Hampshire, one in Miami, and one in L.A., and they're just showing in public on billboards four of their movies. Like, they're showing Moonlight, in Miami, they're showing oh, damn. Good Time in Queens, they're showing The Witch in New Hampshire, and they're showing Lady Bird. Oh, in Sacramento, not in L.A., in Sacramento. So basically, where the movie takes place, they're literally projecting it onto a billboard. It's like, hashtag A24 public access. It's a super cool idea. Like, it's just it's basically genius. making I love it. great art available to the public. I don't know how they're doing sound, but like they sort of viral marketed, put up these billboards that were just like white, and it just said A24, hashtag A24 public access. Nobody really knew what it was. And then they announced these are the four movies. We're going to show them. Are they playing them on loop or just on certain times? I want to say, I think they're like two show times or something. I think it's like something like, you know, five o'clock and eight o'clock one night or something like that. That's cool. But yeah, like it's super cool. I mean, like, I feel like billboard technology has come a long way. I don't know way. how you show Moonlight on a billboard, though. I don't it's know, kind of man. A, a touchy pick, right? It's a, it's a classic, man. I love it. I'm just saying, like, on a random public billboard, like, it's. A little aggressive, I think. A lot of open gay love down in Miami when that movie shows, I can tell you that much. I don't think Florida would like it that much. Well, you know, we'll see. Miami's a different story. I feel like Miami... I haven't been to Miami. I feel like Miami's kind of, in a sense... No, never. I feel like Miami's kind of, like, in a sense, not as extreme. Austin to the rest of Texas is, I think, kind of sort of... Miami yeah, I've been to Miami a million times, and I would agree with you. Miami, like, kind of exists in its own world. Vegas to Nevada type thing, you know what I mean? Like, just because it's in the state doesn't mean it's part of the state, kind of. Yes. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Transcends the state that it's in. Now, before we talk about Hobbs and Shaw, we're going to do a few of our normal sort of kind of things. First, we have a Patreon page, patreon.com slash too fast too forever. If you don't know what Patreon is, it's a way to contribute to the show, kind of control what we do. There's going to be exciting stuff coming up. So we're already right now different tiers that we have you can contribute to you know get stickers get merch uh, get t-shirts you can also choose movies that we watch you can choose entire themed pit stop laps also when we start doing pit stops and having themed laps every themed lap we're going to let the patrons of all levels vote on one of the movies so like joe and i are going to pick say two or three movies and then the third or fourth movie we're going to talk about that lap you guys are going to get to pick so if you want yep. to be part of the voting, that's not there yet, but if you want to be part of the voting public, the voting world, go do that. Yeah. Shout out to Came Cassie Wilson, books. Jake Freer, and Ben Milliman for supporting us over there. As always, thank you guys. Um, I'm going to go look right now, before we crack up with the mailbag, and we do have mail tonight, I want to take a look at... We have mail already? I feel like we just recorded, and we just went through a huge, huge mailbag. I'm not complaining. I fucking love it, but I'm just saying, like, holy shit, you guys are quick. They are on top of it. The best fans of the biz. You know, I feel I like every podcast says that, but I do really love our uh, our listeners. We don't have fans. We have family. Ooh, why have, why have we never said that before? I don't know, but I had to get it out when I just said it in my head. Uh, we still have 13 reviews on iTunes, all five stars. No new reviews, so if you want to leave us a review, we will read it on air. Or, like we've said before, if you've left us a review somewhere else that we don't know where it is, if it's not on the U.S. iTunes chart, send a screenshot, we'll read that on air. Yep, we'll read it. He'll read anything. Every little bit helps. True. That's the easiest way to help us. Before we talk about Hobbs and Shaw, and also I want to hear your Hobbs and Shaw hype. I mean, we both want to hear your Hobbs and Shaw hype. What are you most excited for? Again, please, no spoilers for us or for the listeners. I mean, if you want to watch trailers, by all means, go for that. But, but we're not. We're trying not to. Keep it pure on here. First up, 
Jenny McMullen. Oh, Jenny's back. What's up, Jenny? Subject line, sticker. So now Jenny uh, has been a longtime supporter of, of Joe and my uh, weirdness and madness. Just us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, weirdly. Yeah. She was I the love first it. stranger, now family member, to write into Zach Attack, our Zach Efron podcast. And because she's been such a loyal listener and writer-inner over the years, uh, we sent her a sticker. It's been years. That's like, that's like we've, we've come a long way together through the good times and the bad. Yeah. Did you get my joke? Celebrate me, baby. I'm going to praise you like I should. Oh, yeah, Fatboy Slim is not really top of mind for me, but... Uh... Another joke you flubbed on. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Hi, guys. I kept wondering if you had sent my sticker since I heard feedback from other listeners. I went through a pile of old mail the other day and found it nestled amongst the junk mail, which I'm glad that <laughs> she didn't throw it out. Like, you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, Same. yeah, former resident, former resident. Do I want to pay $300 for lawn care? No. Add, yep. add, whatever. Like, I, f- I just get rid of it all immediately, so I'm glad Same. she didn't get rid of it. She says, it looks... I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, no, I'm a actually a, a junk mail hoarder, too. I put them in piles. Like I, like, I screen it once when I first come home, and then I put it in a pile, and then, like, at the end of, like a week and a half, I'm like, there's too much fucking junk mail, and I, like, screen it again to give it two passes so I don't, like, lose anything. Mm, Gotcha. It looked so official with the HQ return address label, which I went out and bought labels. I I really like, I mean, I... I don't want to say I went the extra mile because I was giving it too much credit, but I went the extra quarter mile. Oh, I knew you were doing it. It still hit. Oh, that was good. That I didn't notice it when it arrived. Well, most of that junk mail is now in the recycle bin, but I will treasure my sticker and the heartwarming handwritten letter. Thank you, Jenny. Well, I'm glad you got your sticker, Jenny. That's awesome. Oh, also, if you subscribe to us or if you support us on Patreon, I will handwrite you a letter, a personalized letter uh, to you. To you and he has nice handwriting. It's pretty. It's pretty good handwriting. Well, thank you. I used to have bad handwriting. And I was just like, wait, I can do better than this. Like, I can be better. Just try just try harder. Try more. Uh, Jenny says, P.S. Yes. After listening to Lap 4, about Fast and Furious 4, I wanted to watch it for the tunnel part. I don't think I've ever watched the whole movie, but I remember seeing part of it when my husband was watching it. Went on Netflix, and they've only got the first three, so I watched Tokyo Drift. I'll rewatch that to make a couple of notes for the next lap there. My main takeaway was the cars keep going no matter what shape they're in, and the people don't get hurt or die when the cars <laughs> crash. Life in the Fastiverse. That's kind of the beauty of it. Like, we can always assume that people are dying. Like, there's, like, just all kinds of civilian casualties. But they don't really, like, dwell on it. You know what I mean? Like, and you're right. You know, normally, like, you scratch the front end of a car and it won't drive. But no, they just blast walls and shit the whole time. Especially in Tokyo Drift. Sean, like, drags that fucker through the parking garage, right? And it's, like, still makes it up the top. I was like, wow. The thing that thinks that stands out to my in my brain about that movie and people, just the cars keep going is the Shangri-La race. You know, yeah. they, you know, the Viper gets wrecked. He's know, smashing it up against the, tunnel, the right? Monte Carlo. Boy, oh boy. I think it was a Monte Carlo. I have to scratch my brain to think about it. I think it was a Monte Carlo. So the next thing is not exactly an email. We got actual physical mail. We got real mail? We got real mail. This is something that we knew was coming. Lars and the real mail? Lars and the real mail. Check out Boyfriend Material. We just watched a movie called Lars and the Real Girl, so that was my joke that Joey again did not laugh at. I can't laugh at every one of your jokes. I mean, everything you, you say is so funny. I can't I can't just keep laughing. <laughs> if everything I say is so funny, thanks, asshole. <laughs> so our, our friend over in England, Liam Underwood, who is the host Not of the Not the same Nerd... friend that was visiting me. We actually have multiple English friends now. It's really strange. So Liam was on our Fast and Furious la- episode last lap, or two laps, ago, two laps ago, right? 
the Building a Family Lab. Uh, he and Ellie Ron, they host the Nerd on Nerd podcast. And also, he's got a podcast, I believe, still with Amanda, who is a, an American, a Yankee, if you will. Uh, they host oh. the podcast Criterion Crack. Uh, so if you, if you remember our lap two, episode four, Fast and Furious number four, uh, Liam was on there. Liam's a great dude. We found him on Letterboxd because he also watched very bad early or very great <laughs> early Zac Efron movies and reviewed them. Yeah, he was like one of the only people that also cared about Zac Efron and his very early film work. So Liam was somewhere in Britain and found this magazine called Fast and Furious, a Full Throttle Franchise Celebration. He says it's a little magazine all about Fast and Furious. I saw it and obviously thought of you. It's really awesome. I haven't looked through it yet. I'm going to look through it before I come up and see you. Can we look through it together? Don't look through it without me. Okay, I'm flipping through it right it. now. There's what's So what I love about it, I'm not reading what it is, but it's 34 pages long and there's no ads. Like, it's just pure all just Fast and Furious. All content. Yep. Like us. All, co- all content. You know, we have our sponsors, but all content other than that. Yeah. Liam also sent us a... Uh, I don't know if I should say this or if I should just show you in person. Yeah, save it, save okay. it. I just want to be surprised. Don't, and I'll forget about it too. So don't show me. He also wrote a handwritten note to us. What? He says Go to ahead. my favorite Fast and Furious themed podcast. May this magazine <laughs> and blank the thing that I'm going to surprise you with. Okay. Find you well. Keep burning rubber. Raise a Corona and always live your life a quarter mile at a time. Enjoy. Love, Liam. P.S. When is Zac Efron joining this franchise? Missed opportunity. I agree. I would love to have Zeph. Maybe Zeph can be like adult Dom's son. <laughs> I mean, you the, know the, what I mean. The role for him would have been Little Nobody, right? That's that's the place we've talked about this before. Like he should yes. have been Little Nobody, but but I'm saying now, if we do like a giant time skip, right? Brian and Dom's sons grow up. He could be like Dom's son, right? Because he's kind of ripped. Like he would just have like a full head of hair. There could be some like your dad's bald jokes going on. So then okay. who I think would it would be, work out. Who well. would play Brian's son? A uh, little Franco. Never mind. I don't even know why I asked. Gosling, but like a younger Gosling. But if if we're actually making the movie, like right now, it couldn't be little Franco. I mean, well, little Franco does have some. Ah, oh, man. I guess maybe we'd have to switch him because Zeph has the piercing blue eyes. Glad we're not in the casting department. And then who would for... play uh, little Nico, Vince's kid? Little Nico, uh, Timothy Chalamet. No, because he marries he marries a Brazilian <laughs> woman. Because so it would have to be sort of a a beautiful mixed race child. I don't think Timothy Chalamet is like translucent. Like he's probably paler than I am. Yeah, but he could be the nerdy one. He'd be like the new Jesse. He just stays inside and plays video games all day. We'll cast him. I'm not going to turn Timothy Chalamet away from the franchise. I don't know that he fits the mold as Vince's kid. No, but but you could just morph them into like whatever characters you want. Okay. I'm just looking for kids like around this age that like would be like beautiful. And that's what I'm saying. I think if we like cuz I think if we did Fast and Furious 1 again, the Jesse would be Timothy Chalamet. Yeah, I can see that. You know, like kind of like nerdy, like he could play like, you know, He's a little bit of ADD and stuff like that. I think that'd be cool. What's another thing that we can do in future Pit Stop Labs? We can recast the early movies. I think that it's it's difficult to recast like Fate of the Furious or Hobbs and Jaw because it's, it's now. Yeah, it's right? so but fresh. But we can do yeah. the first two or three, um, especially the first three. So we'll, we'll get to that when we get to that. But uh, yeah. thank you for mailing us, Liam. Liam, I don't know if you listen to this podcast or not, but I love your handwriting. Uh, Joel, bring up the notes so you can take a look at the note, too. Thank you. If you want to send us physical things, I guess email me and I'll send you my address? I don't know. Don't be creepy. (laughs) 
I have a literal grimace on my face right now. I just, I don't know. I mean, if you, sure, do it. Also, I mean, I do put my return, like, I, my return, my address is on the return labels for everything I send for Patreon, so. It's out there. My address is out there, so. Yeah. You're in, like, a mutual contract with, like, these people to, like, not be a super creep, though, you know? Like, yeah. I love the amount of emails that we get. Like, Joe and I talk about all the time about how awesome it is everybody emails in. I would love to be able to get physical mail, too, but I also don't want to really give out my address, so I sort of want to have, like, a P.O. box, but I also don't want to spend $10 a month. I don't know. Is it $10 a month for a P.O. box? The cheapest one's, like, $10 a month. I guess we could, like... I mean, Patreon I covers that, but I don't want to spend Patreon money we'll on We'll get there. We'll get there. Nonsense. We'll eventually get there. Yeah. That'll be a good problem to have when we get there. I agree. Yeah. Next email from... Justin Kleiman, our friend up north in the the great mini-app. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Wes sent in a car picture a couple episodes ago. We have not done it yet. Okay. So we have that. Justin sent in, he said he bought a car, and he wants to have you guess it. Oh, yeah, I'm down. We can, we'll do this one later, I think, and then we'll do Wes's the next episode. So sorry, Wes, we keep pushing it off, but I have this one literally right in front of me. I just need to find Wes's. So... We'll do Wes's on the Fast and Furious 6 episode with Rachel in person. Oh, cool. Yeah, and we can do that. And then we'll do this one later. So we'll come back to this email later in the episode. So as he was... So I, I emailed Justin back and forth a little bit, but he said he's sitting at the DMV to do my title transfer. Yeah. So he says, since I'm sitting at the DMV to do my title transfer, I will weigh in about regional burger chains. So we got some burger talk here, Joe. So get ready for this. Okay, new burger talk from Minneapolis. From the Minneapolis. To dispel any rampant rumors from previous podcasts, White Castle is more than just a Northeast chain. We enjoy them here in Minnesota. Oh, I didn't know that. I I knew that they were in Michigan, which is, like, kind of close, but, yeah, I didn't know how far they went. Yeah, there's Michigan, then there's Wisconsin, then there's Minnesota. That's what I mean. So, like, I knew you're, like, in the general area, but, like, I didn't know. Yeah. He says, our quote-unquote local burger chain is Culver's. It's based out of Wisconsin. Culver's. Interesting. I think I've seen, like, a cup or something for it. Go ahead. Their two claims to fame are their, quote, butter burgers and frozen custard. Frozen custard is just ice cream with extra fat, and a butter burger is a burger cooked in butter. He says, thank you, Wisconsin, for fulfilling your delicious stereotypes. <laughs> so That's my favorite way to cook burgers, though. Like, whenever I even put them on the grill, you always, do you do this? What you gotta do is you gotta melt a bunch of butter, and then you get, like, a silicone brush, and when you put them on the grill, you line the first, you line the top with butter, okay, you, like, paint the whole fucking burger with butter. Super hot-ass grill. Throw that side down. When you throw that side down, you dump butter on the other side. Spread that around a little bit. Top tier. What they do is they just put a big old pat of butter on top, and they just let the butter melt. Yeah, but I mean, I, it's, it's the same idea. Sure. Yeah, you gotta cook your burger in butter. You need that extra fat. It gets a good sear. So I emailed Justin back, and I said, when I drove cross-country back in 2012, and I was, like, you know, scouting yes. out regional delicacies, Yeah. Uh, when I was in Wisconsin, I went to Culver's, and I had a butter burger. It was very good. And I also had the frozen custard, which was also very good. I told him that because, you know, Minneapolis, I'm sure you know on some level also related to burgers, uh, is the birthplace of the Juicy Lucy. Do you know that? Do you know the Juicy Lucy? I know what the Juicy Lucy is. I didn't know that Minneapolis is the birthplace of it. Yes. So the Juicy Lucy is a burger with cheese inside the burger. Uh, yes. So, you just so when you like it. take that bite, yep. it just oozes out. Yeah, you don't actually inject it. You roll a patty around cheese. I know, yeah. but I also like to say that you inject it with love. Okay. There were two places. I think there was a Man vs. Food episode about Minneapolis, I think, or maybe there was another similar one like that, and they showed the two places that claim that they birthed the Juicy Lucy. So I went to both of those when I went to my first Vikings game in 2010. You went to both of them? I went to okay. both of them. So there's one is this place called uh, Matt's, Matt's Bar, which I had to ask Justin the, the name of. It's like this super okay. cool sort of low-key 
uh, dive bar. I got the Juicy Lucy there, and I burned my mouth on it. Like, it is just brutally hot. Like, I wanted to love this oh, bar. that's totally my speed. But I yes. love Inferno hot food. I know that you guys are... I don't know about you. So I, apparently you don't. Rachel, like, wants her food, like, lukewarm. I a want it to be as hot, way. Will. So, I mean, I just don't want to burn my mouth on it. No, I want my mouth singed off as Why? I eat. Like, I want the food to come out, How like, out of the pan and into my mouth. How is that fun? Eventually you get to a point where that's good and like you just have to sear the whole inside of your mouth out like for a couple years and then it's like a really nice way to eat i'm on board with a lot of your nonsense this is a weird thing so you're basically your dream is to be like at applebee's where they have like the the sizzling fajita skillet like you just like want that like on my tongue Yes, exactly. Oof. I do. There's also the other place called the Five Eight Club, which is more. It, it, it reminded me of like a chain, sort of. Okay. That it was kind of like you know, just like a sports bar, but like like a TGI Fridays kind of. From thing? what I remember, this is also nine years ago. It might not be right, but yeah, sort of like a Fridays ish. Okay. I like that. Bur- that burger was delicious. Matt's bar, I think, is the kind of the cooler spot. Five Eight Club was the one that I liked more. Okay. But again, I also haven't had them in nine years, so I don't know. Yeah, maybe they fucked up the ownership or something. Who knows? But yeah, so when Justin, when I when I emailed him back about that, he said, uh, yeah. Yep, the infamous Burn Your Mouth Burger. He said Matt's Bar is the other place you're thinking of. So uh, thank you, Justin. We will come back to Justin's emails later. Oh, so it's like a common thing? Then he knows that it's that hot? Well, is that I think what you're just alluding because, to? Like, instead of like melting, you, you remember know, when, you, it. when you normally put cheese on a burger, you sort of like the burger's just about done. You let the cheese melt. But this, like the burger, the cheese is cooking the entire time. So it just gets like super fucking piping hot. Yeah. I would love that, man. Whew. Our last email tonight is from Wells Lamont. Subject line, there's a lot here. I'm sorry. I watch these movies and literally take notes. This is all the subject line. I watch these movies and literally take (laughs) notes to discuss with you. You do not have to read everything if you don't want to. I'll still love you guys. My feelings won't be hurt because remember, I ain't no 10-second bitch. (laughs) He's family. He ain't a 10-second bitch. He's family. Well, so this is a bonus episode. We got nothing but time. So here we go. Let's dive in. Is the girl in Han's car at the very beginning of 4 ever mentioned again? She's a key part of their truck hijacking. No, but she was in Los Bandoleros. Exactly. Exactly what I was about to say. Yep. At least two times in four, they do the shift gears and floor it under a car truck that is tumbling at them. Director was really feeling that move. So was I. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Part in this first one where the cops tells Brian that he thinks Dom's sister is blurring his vision is a voiceover. The lips don't match the sound, and it's the first and definitely not the last officer that Brian assaults in the series. Also true. Yeah, I did notice it is around four when we start to get voiceovers. I do notice some like ADR later on. You yep. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which I'm, you know, now that we're doing the Fast and Furious Minute, which we're going to do another minute this episode, we're going to catch eight, yeah. we'll be more aware of that as well. Like, there's definitely, you know, dialogue off screen, you know, Mia in this episode that we're going to talk about, or this minute, Mia shouting for Dom and stuff like that. But in bigger budget movies, they want to make sure that, like, the, the joke lands or the story is told effectively or whatever. And so they yeah. try to fit more stuff in, all that nonsense. Okay. Gag reel on the DVD for Fast and Furious is great. It's P-Walks being human instead of the normal blue-eyed perfect angel we portray him as. It's short, but it's wonderful. I don't think I've ever watched it. So one thing that you and I have talked about... No, I've not. When we get to the the pit stop laps, we're not going to do a movie every episode. We're going to do a whole bunch of different stuff. We're coming up with ideas now. But one of those is going to be to watch the bonus features for movies. So we will get to the gag reel eventually. So at some point... Down the line, we will get to this. I've not seen it yet, though. No, 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 no. Yes, same. No, I haven't watched it either. At the beginning of the first one, why does Brian put his car up against the possible $6,000 purse? His car is worth eighty grand, according to Bilkins. I get that Brian needed a way into the underworld, but it could have been cheaper. 
because he was never going to win, and they should have realized that. Maybe they had to keep it real to fool Dom so they couldn't just come through with a Gallo 24 motor. True. But either way, that should have been a red flag for Dom that something's up with this Brian guy. Yeah, like, how does he just drop an $80,000 car and was like, I almost had you? I'd be like, I am fucking shook. Yeah, you have to have, like, some kind of weird money. And then they do, like, the background check on him. Well, he passes the background check. But, like, the background check wasn't, like, you're a rich kid. It was, like, you're a kid that, like, was in juvie. How do you have an $80,000 car and then lose a race so badly and fuck up the car? You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of a tell. I never even considered this until Welsh just brought it up. I also don't, like, there's a lot of the financials that I don't understand, like, when they're racing for what is it, two grand each in the beginning of Too Fast, Too Furious, and all doing, like, thousands and thousands of dollars in damage to their car. Like, I think it's partly for the movie, like, it's just, like, a cool thing to do for the movie, and just partly, like, maybe they just, it's for the love of the game. I don't know. Yeah, who knows? I don't. Well, it says another red flag is Brian not bringing up the fact that it was because of Dom that Johnny Tran shot up his car. Brian should not owe Dom a 10-second car after Tran shoots it up. That's absurd. It was all Dom's fault. Brian just accepts it. I would have been like, yo, Dom, I got insurance on that car. It's called Yo Fault, so consider us even. <laughs> Geico. The first time I watched The Fast and the Furious, I thought the woman that let Ja Rule feel the left titty was talking about if you win, you get her too, meaning not only this titty, but the other... <laughs> meaning not only this titty you're feeling, but the right one also. He only lets her get the left titty, like, for, for the whole first part of the relationship. He's like, if you win, you could touch my right tit too. Wells says, I must have looked away for a split second because they obviously show some other hood rat wink or smile, letting you know that it's going to be a menage if he wins. That's a really interesting, that's a, that's such a beautiful way to think about that. I wish I could rewatch the movie and imagine it happening like that. Yeah. Right? Like, just see it for the first time and be like, damn, that's really weird. She's like, you can have her too, meaning the other tit. I love it. I love it. Same. It's such a bizarre, it's a good thought that I would have. That's why I relate to it. It's a Wells thought for sure. Yeah, for sure. Wells says they drop a savage F-bomb, a soft... Uh, soft A N-bomb and a hard fuck you in the first 22 minutes. Between that, all the skanks, shiny cars, and Brian's wavy blonde hair and ocean blue eyes, it was obvious we were getting 10 movies plus spinoffs. Truth. It wasn't obvious to no, me. not at all. Like, I think he's, I think that's kind of a joke. Like, it's just like, oh no, like, this is all, like, aggressively in your face. Realistic <laughs> I culture. I can't believe they renewed it for another one after the. He's right. In the first 22 minutes, you're like, damn. I like how when Johnny Tran and his goons shoot up Brian's car, Brian and Dom yell, Nas. As we discussed, Nas is just the company name, not the actual product. It's like someone threw a beer bottle at you, and while it's in the air, you scream out, Corona. I don't know, maybe <laughs> it's not the same, but it could be. <laughs> But nitrous oxide is like N-O-S, you know what I mean? Like it's sure. abbreviated like that. I mean, well, maybe not. I don't know. Nox? But yeah, that is pretty Budweiser. Shit. Well, that's, I think that that reminds me of, you know, what we talked about in the Fast Five episode, which is like, well, you know, yelling ambush. Like, I don't know, I don't know what that means. You know what I mean? <laughs> I guess yelling yeah. Nas. Yeah, you know what, you it, know means, what it means. Like what they're saying. Hobbs should have yelled, get down or something. You know what I mean? Or swerve or I don't yeah. know. I don't know. How did Vince escape after being airlifted to the hospital? Feds would have been all over his ass in his hospital room. When does Vince get airlifted to the hospital? At the end, when they're, tr- when they're truck jacking, when they're jacking the truck, Brian calls in 911. He's just, you know, I'm, I'm, a oh. fed, I'm, a, I'm a cop. You know, this guy needs help or whatever. Oh, so he's saying, like, how does he leave one, go to the hospital, and wind up in five? Brian calls him from literally the scene of a crime that Vince and his crew were just trying to jack a truck. How does he not get arrested? Like, you can get arrested and go to the hospital and be, like, handcuffed to your bed. Like, how are they, how is he not under arrest at the hospital? Yeah, exactly. It would be like when Owen Shaw was in the hospital, right? Uh, At the beginning yes. of, yes. At the beginning of, yeah. But it's not that. Like, it's just, or maybe, maybe it is that, but we don't see it. I don't know. Or, uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't know. 
Yeah, the feds would have got him for sure. The Fast and the Furious deleted scenes on DVD. Wow. One of them is the team shirtless talking about the first time they learned how to drive. It's a little erotic and a tad much, but if you haven't watched the deleted scenes, I'd say it's a must that you find the 15 minutes to do so. And again... Who's the team shirtless? I just like, I think probably Jesse and Vince and Paul and, okay. you know, everybody. Maybe. I don't know. Like team fishnet wife beater? I guess so. We will get to the deleted scenes too. We're going to sort of do everything on one of those. Well, it says, now on to 2F2F, the DVD options are amazing. You can pick to ride in Suki's car, Brian's car, or Roman's car, and there's some random shit you can do interactively. I'm just starting the movie as I'm writing this, so I have no idea what any of this means. Wait, what the fuck? How do you pick the car? Oh, is this like the title card that Brian said that you could like to pick their car? Maybe. There's a bunch more of this email. I don't know if he writes it, but if we don't get to it, Wells, write in, let us know, let us know whose car you picked and what that actually meant. Like, if it changes anything in the movie, like if there's like a pop-up that like when Suki's on screen you can click her car like I don't let us know what happens or if it's just like an interactive thing for the menu only yeah I don't know uh, well it says when Brian says let's say we kick it a nickel before the opening race how much is that in the 2F2F lingo I know what a nickel is but five what hundred that's all it could be right if it was a three grand buy-in raise it to 3,500 that's only like a I 15% think so. increase give or take I guess it's normal but he should have doubled it I think we've talked about that because like going from three to eight is crazy like I think you know doubling it or you know adding a thousand bucks or whatever it just yeah, feels like a, a nickel yeah it feels like a low stakes kind of like a you know if you're playing poker and someone raises like it's like oh we have to go around the we have to go around the whole table again just because you raised it by like you doubled the big blind like what like what stop it yeah I think it is probably just by 500 but I don't know I think it's 500 I it, it, it would only make sense to me yeah I'm, I'm with you because five grand they would have been like oh shit the reaction would have been high too right if they basically tripled it if they went from three to eight i feel like at least one of them just unless they wanted to be movie about it but like i feel like at least one of them would have bailed on the race like oh i'm not racing for eight you know what i mean so this is a little too rich for my blood yeah and then they leave carter verone would never get out of prison with all the laws he broke rome shouldn't be tripping just the top three alone would have had him in prison for at least 30 years attempted murder kidnapping running drugs and money but he had a lot of money and we know that people with lots of money and good lawyers don't go to jail for very long true that's my take on that. He says, I want a t-shirt that says, quote, I'm not going back to Barstow. You know, maybe that can be a Too Fast You Forever shirt. Like, in, oh, dude, if we, like, printed some, like, dope shirts, like, the liner inside the collar, like, you know how Nike puts, like, the Nike, like, on the inside of the collar seam? Yeah. What if we just had, like, I'm not going back to Barstow in a circle around the inside of the collar? Keep could you do humble. That. I mean, I, would, I also want to have it visible, though. You know what I mean? Like. No, I like it on the inside, like, if your family, you know. <laughs> You want to, like, wildly raise the cost of the shirt to not be able to see it. Yeah. I, like, you know, like, when you're, like, sitting there, like, if you were having a bad day and you got your hands, I got it right now, and you got your hands, like, inside, you got your fingers inside the your front of your t-shirt and your thumbs on the outside, yep. and you just, like, put your head down, and you'd be like, fuck, I don't think I can make it through another day, and you'd look down and you see, I'm not going back to Barstow. You'd be like, yeah, that's right. Damn. Never going back to bar stuff. Yeah, okay. it would be for you, man. That's not, <laughs> yeah. Joey asking Joe to quote: Would he bet against his team to create a win-win in the Super Bowl? First off, I love this question, and just as much, I love Joe Two's answer. Remember, we we're talking about how like you don't bet against the Pirates. Oh yeah, I remember. Or you don't bet whatever. Yeah, you don't bet rule. on the Pirates. Bet against whatever. Uh, yeah, well yeah. says I've had this exact discussion a few times, and it always ended with what Joe Two said: I don't bet on or against my team. Quick story: Game Seven, 2010 NBA Finals, Celtics Lakers. We're huge Lakers fans, and my homie bet a G. Woo. Kick it two nickels, Wells' friend. Two, yeah. 
two nickels. <laughs> two buffalo nickels. A, one buffalo nickel. That Lakers cover the spread. Lakers win the championship, but don't cover the spread. He completely ruined the greatest thing ever by betting on this team. That's why I don't do it. I told you, yeah. See, and it's like dumb shit like that, too. Like, you, like, bet the spread, and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, and you want to be celebrating, and your boy's out a grand, and everybody's, like, solemn at your house now. Yep. Because, like, your boy's down a grand because he did something stupid. And, like, you're just like, dude, I just want to go rage in the streets with my friends, man. Like, why you got to bring us down like that? Yeah. And if they won, you're going to be fucking happy anyway. Yep. So, like, you won, and you got, oh, you got an extra, like, like 1900 bucks. What's, like, winning the spread, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, fuck, who cares? Now, one thing I'm guessing that you probably would do, and I gu- I'm guessing that Wells might too, spring training, Pirates are like 60 to 1 odds to win the World Series. You might throw like 20 bucks out on that. Like, there's no, or no. Yeah, I would, de- I, uh, I would do that on the Pirates because, like, I don't give a shit about them. And, like, and they would have, like, ridiculous odds. So if it came through, it would be, like, the dude that did, that bet on the So, like, if, if you were, so, okay, so, so the Penguins, who you love more, like, say they were 10 to 1 odds before the season starts to win the Stanley Cup. Like, would you bet money? Because I feel like that's not, <sighs> no. that's more just, like, season-long optimism. Like, to me, and I don't bet no. a lot, but I feel like that's different. No, I, I feel you. I, I've thought about it. I, I wouldn't do it. Okay. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it. The only time that I do, like, bet on my team would be, like, Pirates in the regular season in a parlay with, like, ten other teams. Okay. Because then I'm like, okay, like, I want them to... And, and fucking baseball's a crapshoot most of the time. Yep. Anyways, you know what I mean? So it's like, I'm picking ten games, like what the fuck does it matter if the Pirates win or lose at that point? Like, it's, I'm not riding anything on that, you know? Like, you're either going to win or you're going to lose. So. Ride or die. Ride or die. I think, I, I don't know if I told this story on this before. I, we haven't really talked about gambling as much as we have in the last couple episodes, but uh, before New Jersey and, you know, other states have legalized sportsbook betting, you can now, like, I can just bet on whatever from my from my couch. Every time I go to Vegas for work once a year, I would make a couple bets. Um, so I, I was always go in January. Yeah. And so I would usually, like, if the Vikings were in the playoffs, I'd just throw 20 bucks on them to win the Super Bowl. I don't mind that as much because I feel like that's sort of just general optimism. Like, I'm not going to bet big it is. on that's a game. The, that's the tamest. I agree with you. Like, that's the only one that I'm like, I don't, I wouldn't feel dirty about that. You know what I mean? Yep. You're just like, hey, man. and at the beginning of the season, it's even better. You're like, look, my team's going to fucking win. It would be even better if they were in last place, like the St. Louis Blues one. Like, if the, if the Penguins were ever in last place at, like, December I would be like, yeah, I'll throw oh, yeah. How much that kid made? Who like he like sixty grand or whatever? No, it was like two hundred. Two hundred grand, Jesus. Yeah, he won like a hundred ninety-four. It was like two hundred to one odds on like two hundred bucks. It was like more, no, yeah, it was insane. I'm still career up in betting. From one bet that I made, I put down twenty dollars on the Cubs to win the World Series. Cubs had not won the World Series in a hundred and eight years, but I was like, this could be the year. I put down twenty bucks. They were eleven to two odds, I think. So I made one hundred and ten. So I got like one thirty back. So. You know, I'm still up career like that's that's how infrequently I bet that I'm up in terms of sports betting based on the hundred ten dollar win right there. You saw mine last time I was in Vegas, I did a ten game baseball parlay for ten bucks and won like three twenty or so like three fifty or something. Yeah, not bad. Last thing. He says, I meant I'm hitting the drive in because I'm I'm not gonna not smoke while that's I watch what I this thought. Yeah. He says, I fucked this up, my fault. I will be high AF watching Hobbs and Shaw, I promise. Everybody. Thank you. Yes, that's what I thought. Like, he has to, yeah, he's like, because I'm not going to not smoke. You have to go to the drive-ins. You could just hotbox the car. I feel you. And then he says, sent for my mobile dork space, which is his, uh, you know. (laughs) What? Don't know. Don't know. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Wells, for writing in. If you want to write in, and I feel like we don't say the email address early enough in the episode, family at cageclub.me. Uh, you know, we've got a couple bonus episodes coming up over the next couple of months, so it's not a weekly show, but it's in the next six weeks, it's, it's, it's basically going to be a, a weekly show. So if you want to email in family at cageclub.me, we will read it on air, 
and happy to talk about Hobbs and Shaw hype, burger thoughts, gambling thoughts, whatever you want to do, family, sports betting at yeah. cageclub.me. We entertain it all, brother. All right, Joe, the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 8, a minute that I called Watch Your Back. Watch your watch back. Ah, he's beautiful. I like his haircut. Vince. Vince! Can I get you anything? You look good. Well, thanks a lot, Mia. Hope to see you tomorrow. Wow. I love this part. No! Try Fat Burger from now on. You get yourself a double cheese with fries for $2.95, faggot. I like the tuna here. Bullshit, asshole. No one likes a tuna here. Yeah, well, I do. Watch your back! 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 Jesus Christ, I'm sorry. last episode and i forgot what it was but after we finished recording the last episode you and i both watched the the, the next minute the minute that we're talking about tonight yes i said that the first line was wonderful and the first line is just jesse and leon in Toronto's marketing cafe yep. jesse trying on sunglasses over his sunglasses yes both staring at brian jesse saying which is how do you not think he's a raver at that point you know what i mean like yeah. we're talking about like last minute like sunglasses over sunglasses like kids fucked up it's like a hat on a hat jesse yeah. says ah oh, he's beautiful and then leon just <laughs> says i like his haircut like it's just it's not quite homoerotic but it's close like this actually might be maybe you think jesse's gay possibly that might be a thing and also i think it's like one of those things where like if you and i were like standing there right yep. and like somebody was like hitting on like one of our friend's sisters like i would definitely be cracking jokes like this with you be like oh god he's such a dreamboat you know what i mean like stuff like this like i'll be sitting there saying the same shit like if he can't hear you and we're like standing there just watching this all go down like knowing that it's about to cause a riot i will be doing the exact same thing yeah plus i also think that they probably know that it's driving vince crazy and it's probably fun exactly fun to he's them. been bitching about it for, yeah. he's had he had to be bitching about it like the whole way there yeah, for yeah, like yeah. weeks right like and not even just the whole way there just like probably for two weeks right like every day he goes to you know because he's <laughs> yeah. doing the same thing He's showing up there to see Mia, and every day the buster gets there before him, right? And it's just like, she's clearly not into Vince. She's into Brian. Yeah. Every day he shows up there, and he's just like, God damn it. And he's probably, for months and years before that, he's probably been like, man, I love Mia. Like, I can't wait. One day she'll see, like, the real me and, like, come come around. And then, like, this guy shows up, and she's like, oh, he's so dreamy, you know? And you're like, and you're just, like, laughing at this dude, right? Like, you have friends that, like, just, like, love some random girl that, like, hates them. Sure. So yeah. what's, what's weird about this, and I think it's it's just the way that he delivers the line. I don't know if it's written this way or just the way that Matt Scholes delivers the line, but when he says, when Mia says to him, can I get you anything? And he says, you look good. It's like, feels like they were dating at one point not to me i i saw you i saw you put this in the notes and i have a different take but go ahead finish your thoughts because i just think it's you know it's kind of like the after like a brutal breakup or a divorce or whatever and like you see the other person you're just like oh you know you look good like i'm glad that you're, you're doing like i know that's not like within the context it's not what that line means but i feel like the way that he says it it sounds to me like that kind of thing like 
oh, you know, like I haven't seen you in a while, but you, you're looking good. Like I'm glad that you're taking care of yourself. But that's not what it is. Like I know that's not what it is, but just the way he delivers it sounds like it. I can see what you say because we're like you know obviously shredding this movie yep. minute by minute. Yep. So like I can see that you you think that, but to me it seemed like one of those times where like oh like for an example, your mom's like yelling at your sister, and then like you walk downstairs and she's like, "Hi, how was school?" and then keeps yelling at her. Yeah, it seems like one of those where like he was diffusing. The situation saying, like, I have no tension with you. And, like, that's the kind of tone that I was getting out of it. Gotcha. Oh, like, you look really great today. You know yeah. what I mean? And then he's yeah. like, but fuck this dude. Yep. And, like, that's what was going on. So okay. that, that makes sense. That's the only way I can relate to it. Yeah, that's what like, I think it is. Because my reading of it doesn't fit within how we know that he's been pining. Like, what we'll see later in the movie, that he's been yeah. pining for Mia. That yep. it's, you know, the same, like, the sort of the lost love, you know, his his white yeah. whale, whatever. But it feels like he's just like, oh, you know, you, you, you look good. Like, it I'm is not- a line. It is a line that, like, two divorced people say in a grocery store after yep. they haven't seen each other in four years. I agree. Or when you're the sad queen pushing a stroller and you're about to cry, make everybody cry by having a brutal argument with Casey Affleck behind a... Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. So just quickly, in case you couldn't hear or you didn't know what was going on, I'm sure that everybody who's listening to this knows what the scene is. Uh, but things get heated between Vince and Brian. At the le- end of the last minute, Vince sat down next to Brian. They sort of get into a war of words. Brian gets up to leave. Vince chases him out in the parking lot. They fight. They verbally fight. And then they get into a fist fight. And Mia calls on Dom to intervene. So that, that's what happens in the minute. Like, Plot-wise, not a lot. Like, it's sort of like this is now like the culmination no. of the buildup from last, last minute. But it's a, this is a very complete minute. Yes. This one's very well self-contained. Yep. I like this one a lot. Especially with the Mia ending it with, Jesus Christ, Dom, will you get out there? I'm sick of this shit. I'm not kidding, Dom. Get out there. And then, you know, the next minute's going to be Dom in action. Yeah. Then we're going to see a Brian and Dom minute. It's going to be the first time they come face-to-face. Like, actually come face-to-face, which is awesome. This is a good one. My big surprise here, someone that, something that I've never, ever noticed before, because why would you? Sitting outside Toretto's Marketing Cafe... He's just a dude. And you know who he looks like? He looks like, um, fuck, that comedian with, like, the bushy eyebrow. He's, like, always plays, like, a dad. He was, like, the dad in American Pie. Who is that? Oh, Eugene Levy. Yes. He looked like him when I noticed him, too. Well, so I put the imager link. So if you're in the, if you're a patron, if you're a patron of our Patreon page, you have access to the Fast and Furious Minute. I think this guy is younger and more handsome than you. Not that Eugene Levy is unattractive, but I feel like he's, at least since American Pie and since all the Christopher Guest movies around that time, like, he's super funny i feel like he's not he's never been a sex symbol. not this guy is like a sex symbol but i feel like this is like you know a handsome mid-40s businessman you know white button-up shirt dark tie on yeah i don't know why he's at toretto's marketing cafe i don't know why he's eating outside not inside like i don't know why he's there other than to flesh out the world but maybe he likes the tuna didn't we see the front of the cafe before he so he wasn't sitting outside the front of the cafe before right i don't think so or or we just didn't catch that angle i'm not sure yeah i want to talk to that guy Ooh. Yeah, that would be really interesting. So you were on, find you're out on who set for 45 minutes. Uh, who are you? Why are you there? Like, what did they give you as, like, your character breakdown? Did they give you any, like, hey, you're eating. There's... What's my motivation? Did he? How long did he put, like, get into character to become that guy? I don't know. You know, but I've, I've never seen him before. Not Like, there's no reason to see him before, because he, he pays, he, there's no, he has no implication in the entire scene, right? Like, no, in the yeah. movie. But I was just like, oh, there's a person. And these are the kind of things we see when we watch this movie minute by minute and pine over it, so. Yeah. 
like Wells mentioned in that email, like we've talked about a lot before, this is the minute with the hard F. It is, yes. Which, you know, in my in my dialogue, I try to keep it PG-13, I guess, so I, I start out the middle. Like, we all know what it is. Yeah. I just don't want to write that. Doesn't hold out well. Hold up well. The song is still Watch Your Back by Benny Cassette. Yep. And then, you know, my only other note, I'll let you get to your signs, is that in the fight, when you see that Brian prefers to, you know, be scrappy and throw punches. He throws that left hook. Vince, yeah. meanwhile, sort of prefers the football tackle. He just sort of goes low and kind of bear hugs around Brian's waist. Yeah, he, well, he's a bigger guy. He knows he has the, he has the brooch. He has, like, the, the yep. mass on him. Yep. So that's a good move. I like it. I know some signs and stuff. There's not really any numbers in this one. There was an L.A. Weekly paper stand inside the cafe, and there's, mm-hmm. like, a newspaper, like, you know, coin-operated one outside, but I can't read what was on that. Okay. What do you think Dom is doing in that back room? The books? Okay, I thought so too, right? We thought that I thought that he was either like tinkering with something small. Yep. Like some kind of small car part that he was like working on, or he was like doing the books or something, right? Yep. But he strangely has a ketchup and mustard like right to the right of his hand while he's sitting there. So I'm thinking maybe with the drink in hand, he might be eating, like, his own lunch in the back room. Well, he does have a drink, because remember the last minute, Letty yes, comes and says, don't have a drink, he, like, yeah. shakes that can or whatever, so maybe he is eating. And also, the ketchup and mustard is, like, right next to his hand. You'd always put it in front of your plate, right? Like, you would put it, like, you know what I'm saying? Do you yeah. think with shit, like, right to the right of your hand? I think I would just, like, be scared to knock it over. Unless it's, like, he's literally Im- putting ketchup and mustard on every bite he's taking. Yeah... But yeah, even that, that even that would sort of be like you sort of put it like you know drink location right like above the plate. That's what I'm saying. But no, they put it right there, and it's also right on the edge of the table too. So like if he turns, he's knocking this straight on the floor. I'm looking at it now. I wonder is that ketchup? You think or is it like a hot sauce? I mean, not that it, whatever it is, but it's like to the right, like it's right to his Could right. Could be Cholula. Yeah, they're in, t- they're in you know California. Could be Cholula for oh, sure. Oh wait, no, because they they cut again. No, it is it is ketchup and mustard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, but I saw one red, one yellow. So I was like assuming. And he's got like a salt or pepper shaker there too. Yeah. But it's all on the right side, like right where his hand would be. Yeah. So like, what the fuck are you doing there? I don't get it. And then the last thing that I noticed was um, for the first time I saw a giant planter's peanut man. And it's like kind of like behind where Mia was doing sandwich stuff. There seems to be like, I'm guessing it's like the office like continues past where Dom is and like goes around the back. And then like on a wall back there. There's, like, a giant planter's peanut man. It's, like, right as Brian's, like, walking out, it's over his shoulder. You know, we talk a lot about how Hobbs in later movies is sweating, but, like, everybody in this has, like, a, a low, like, I think it's just, like, a natural, like, a, we're shooting in Southern California, like, it's hot out. A glisten, all A little yeah. bit of sweaty. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, well, I see all the paper towels you pointed out last time. Yeah. Oh, there is a huge planter's peanut man. Yeah, okay. Well, I'll take a screenshot. Yeah, I never noticed too. it before. I also like this uh, sassy pose that Mia is in. I'll send you a picture of this. It looks like there's like a whole kind of like, by the planter's peanut guy, there's like a whole separate compartment. I'm assuming that maybe the office like is like an L shape and Dom's in like the tip of the L and he can like walk around the back. Or maybe do you think there's that's like a like, safe or that, that could also be like a prep area, like a further prep area. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. You know, we talk we talk a lot about how when for our one three two seven party we want to rent out the, the Toretto family home, right? Like what if yes. we rented out the what if we Airbnb'd uh, the house across the street from Toretto's Marketing Cafe? So every day we can just wake up and look out and see what is really Toretto's Marketing oh Cafe. Oh my god. I would just, we could just, we could have a giant rager across the street, right? And just, like, keep walking in and buying sunglasses or something. That's kind of the minute. That's the whole minute, but it was good. That's a good one. And we next we get, you know, the rest of the fight, Dom coming out. So, I'm excited. I'm going to just send you here. This is the, uh... 
ketchup and mustard. Yeah, see, like, and what's in front of him? Is it, it's, it looks like a car book, right? It looks... But it's through this screen, it's through the screen door, so, like, I, I, it's really hard to see. Yeah, it looks like it could be, it's some kind of paperwork, or it almost looks like the underside of, like, a VHS tape. You know what I mean? Like, it looks like the it does, but white, but it's flat. What I'm guessing is it's wheels in an ad for a car. Like, you, like, rim-selecting. Like, he's, like, opening, like, a car magazine, and, like, you know, that's, like, he's on, like, the rims page, and he's, like, you know, you can get all these types of rims. Right? Because that would fit the context, but... It's so hard to see. I can't tell. We have to, we kind of have to assume that it's something car related, right? Like, but you can't see a fork in his hand here. And if he was holding it, he would be like holding a fork or a knife, right? I want to say I think he's eating, but we don't know. The ketchup and mustard is awfully close to his hand, though. I'm proud of what the Fast and Furious minute is becoming. Like, I think early on we were just sort of like, this is what happens, whatever. But now that we're like eight minutes into the movie, we're noticing the minutia. Like now that like there's actual like it's not just like some guy at the dock or just Brian yep. like doing yep. donuts like we're we're diving deep into the world of the minute and like I, this is exactly sort of what I was hoping you know we would have oh yeah we're gonna get there for sure you too can have access to the document patreon.com slash too fast too forever or too fast too forever.com also here's the thing if you're watching minute by minute with us which I don't know if anybody is that would be cool and if you notice something that we did not notice email family at cageclub.me let us know what you missed True. let us know what we missed anything else to talk about with the minute no that's it so I guess next minute we're going to have more fighting. We're going to have Dom out there. Yeah, and then we said this. we're going to get to Harry's, maybe? Maybe the end of the next minute no, we'll pull in Harry's? No, I don't think we're going to get to Harry's yet. Because you said the next chapter starts at like 10.30 or something. Yeah, so this is... We're now at, at 8, so... Yeah. yeah, we got two more minutes of this, yeah. We'll, we'll see. We will see. All right, so Joe, let's talk about Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I'm excited. Okay, go ahead. So as we're recording this, we're going to see this in two weeks and one night. As this comes out, we're going to see it in, like, nine days, which is very exciting. Again, if you want to join us, the link on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash forever, you can buy tickets there. Or if you're just seeing it, Wells is seeing it high AF in his car in the Amen. Bay Area. So if you're seeing yep. it that night, too... Just let us know. We're all sort of, we'll watch it together separate. Do you want to know? I haven't looked it up yet. Do you want to know how long the movie is? I'm assuming it's going to be like two hours, 15 minutes. Do we want to know? Let's bet, like, let's do, uh, we can set 2.15 as the over-under. Okay. What do you want to bet? Somebody buys a beer at the theater. I'll, I'm going to say over. Oh. Do I get 15 with the under? Yeah, I'm going to go under. Do you want me to look? Uh, yeah, let me look. Let me yeah. look on IMDb. Let me see if it's on IMDb. For a beer at the theater. Damn it. Two hours, 14 minutes. Yes! So I owe Thank you, a beer. you, sir. So I'm gonna drink a nice Corona on Joey at the theater. Well, they don't serve <laughs> beer there, I don't think. But I will buy you a really? beer. Really? What I, kind of shitty I... ass theater does that? I, I don't know where you go, but yeah, no, I, I don't think AMC okay. is do beer. No, you got to go buy a six pack of Coronas in cans, and we'll sneak them into the theater in Rachel's purse. Duh. <laughs> that I wasn't can, a joke. I can do that. I will do that. Okay. Two hours, fourteen minutes. Two August, yes! twenty nineteen. Fast and Furious yes! presents Hobbs and Shaw. I'm a, I'm a, that's gonna be a tasty ass Corona. What do you want the most? What are you most looking forward to? You know, knowing what we sort of know Ooh. about the movie. Well, actually, one thing I want to do, I do want to point out. I don't know if you heard this. There's okay. been sort of two news stories about this that are not spoilers at all for the movie. But number one, the world premiere just happened. Uh, there's okay. apparently a power outage. I think I posted oh, no. about this. And there were, like, sparks flying or something. And The Rock, Dwayne Johnson, in person at the theater was like, everybody calm down. He sort of, like, took control of the situation. He, like, full hobs it. Prove he to just me that like, he's going to be the president one. You know, he's just got that leadership, natural leadership tendency. Apparently. The other story, and this is something that I have not posted about yet, but, you know, we talked about, I think it was in trailer two, they call himself a black Superman, right? Yes. So, apparently, they wanted to do that black James Bond Idris Elba said, no, people already want me to be James Bond. That's too close to reality. 
And then they're like, we'll have a black Superman. He's like, I love it. So that was originally supposed oh, cool. to be Black James Bond. I think I told the Michael Jordan story where he said, I was reading a story about some guy that was playing basketball. He was a professional basketball player, but he was a rookie. And Michael Jordan was like already an established pro. Like he was already Michael Jordan. Okay. And he's playing him in like in a preseason game. Okay. And he has like 20 points and like Jordan has like four. All of the like veterans on his team were gassing him up. Like, yeah, you got Jordan. And he said something to Michael Jordan, like, like you ain't going to score tonight. And, like, in the second half, Jordan put up, like, 45, and he had, like, no <laughs> points. And then he wa- he Michael Jordan walked up to him at the end of the game and said, don't you ever talk to Black Jesus like that again, Ooh. and just walked away. And I was like, oh, God, that's so aggressive. And I love it. You know what I mean? Like he just walked up to him, like, he clowned this kid and was like, don't you ever speak on me like that again. I feel like you can't give yourself a nickname, but, I mean, hey, whatever. If it works, it works. If you're Come Michael up, Jordan, yeah. I think... You- <laughs> And you put up 45 points on this kid after he was talking trash to you. I think you can walk up and give some shit back. You there know? was some comedian, I think it was, who talks about like Michael Jordan is the Michael Jordan of basketball. Like Everybody uses the metaphor, like, oh, I'm the Michael Jordan of whatever. <laughs> but being the Michael Jordan of basketball, you're, like, you're, you're, you're Michael Jordan. Like You're allowed to do that. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So that's what the whole Black Superman, Black Jesus thing reminded me of. Very cool. I like it. What do you want the most? What are you looking forward to the most in Hobbs and Shaw? Of all the things, either stuff that we've talked about on here or as a movie or adding context or light to previous movies, like what are you looking forward to? Either small thing, big thing. What do you want the most in this movie? First thing that I'm really, really hoping for, and it probably would have been spoiled by now, is I want like a huge random actor to be like a character in this movie. Like Keanu Reeves. Somebody, like Keanu Reeves in it. I would like a surprise, like Tej pops in for a minute. That would work too. You know what I mean? Like either like a cameo or like something else. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I would like them to do like, like Mia, like it's like, they're like, oh shit, it's somebody, somebody that they know. It doesn't really feel like that's going to happen. And I think if it did, there'd be like a spoiler of like, you know, who was on set or whatever, whatever. This is like one of my main goals for the movie. You know, because we talked a lot about the Keanu Reeves rumored, Kevin Hart rumored, a bunch of people rumored. And I don't know if any of those are, I mean, that might have just been Kevin Hart visiting his buddy, Wayne Johnson on set, right? Like it it might not. Yeah, like that. I would. What I really want, I think I've talked. We talked about this for sure before. I want sort of family backstory, which I think is kind of what this is all about. Because I feel like we talked about, especially the last couple episodes, that given how much these movies are about family, we don't really know a ton about like. Like, we know the story about Dom's dad, and we know about yeah. Dom and Mia growing up, but, like, we don't know a lot about the Toretto's. We know nothing about the O'Connors. You know, I feel like as char- as the movies go on, they add more characters. You can't really give a whole big backstory, especially when characters like Giselle or, like, Han are intentionally written to be mysterious, like, sort of like they came from nowhere, kind of, right? Yeah. I think we're definitely going to get it, because, you know, we're going to Samoa, we're going, we're getting the, the Hobbs family, we're getting his brothers and whatever, you know, there's we're gonna get the, the Shaw sister, too. yep. I know that we're getting a lot of it here, but I hope that it sort of expands, like, it leads to more of that in the other movies, you know, whether it's a, a story about their kids, a story that's just like a sort of like a spin-off story about like, you know, Mia or, you know, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I want more to sort of fill in about, because we know a lot about the characters, but like in the grand scheme of things, we kind of don't. I'm with every part of that that you said. I can't wait to see more backstory. I think that maybe that's why I'm jonesing for a new character. We're going to have enough space in this one yep. to really suss out some backstory, right? The only two backstories we're, we like really need is like, Hobbs and Shaw and normally we're like we're coming from movies that have 10 15 main characters so like to go down to three is going to be really interesting because you have the villain which we really don't need to know anything about the villain right like unless they're going to he's going to be in a couple probably not based on 
you know, how Fast and Furious works. Well, Cypher's coming back. I mean, he might be. Yeah, and he's Superman. You're right. Maybe they're taking a new leaf. But, like, up until this point, we have no premise to say that he will come back. Yeah, I would like to see that. And then maybe that's why I would like another character because, like, I would like somebody to to get more backstory on, too. Yeah. I think we could throw a third person in here, have them give us give us a backstory on that, and it wouldn't cloud the movie. What do you not want? I guess that's sort of it's sort of like a pivot from that, like, similar to that. It's like, what, what do you hope that, like, like what do you, what's going to make you groan? Maybe Fave of Furious kind of proves this is not true. But my big thing about the Marvel movies is that I don't think we're ever going to have a bad Marvel movie anymore because I feel like they know what works, they know what doesn't work, and they're going to okay. kind of sort of play it safe. Like they're going to make movies that are going to make five hundred million, seven hundred million, a billion dollars, right? Like they're just going to yep. know how to they know they know how the recipe comes together. Yeah. That said, I also don't think that we're ever going to get like a truly great, great, great Marvel movie, like something that like takes your breath away, kind of like the first Iron Man or the first Avengers did, right? Because it's like we know okay. we've seen it all, right? Yeah. I think to an extent the same is probably true here. Like Fate of the Furious, I don't think is bad. It just isn't what we wanted, right? Yeah, so I don't know that I we're agree. ever going to have a bad Fast and the Furious movie. But that being said, what do you not want? What if it comes on screen? What if the movie ends in a certain way? Like, what would make you groan? What What don't you want to see in Hobbs and Shaw? I don't want them to kill off a character and revive them. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to have, like, Hobbs die in Hobbs and Shaw knowing that they're going to make a another one okay that would feel really shitty to me i'd be like come on guys we've been through this we're not going to kill and revive anyone else anymore based on what we just said before what we do want to see i don't want them to skimp over the backstory and sussing out the characters for us because they could easily cut that down and make this you know two hours of action and 15 minutes of like the rock goes to samoa and he's like oh samoa and then like they just cut back to action yeah and i'd be like really disappointed if they short it like i want to see some like you know like i want to see some family things and stuff like that i I don't think that they'll do that but i would be really disappointed if they cut all that shit short just for like you know 20 minute like the world's longest runway again i mean i want set pieces like that but i agree with you like i want that to be balanced with because eight felt like they strung too many of them together, right? I don't want to lose storyline like eight either. I want it to be like succinct. Well, that's you know? that was that was what I was gonna say. Like, I want it to be sort of a self-contained story. Like, I feel like again going to Marvel for a second. Every Marvel movie has to, in a sense, tell a story, but recap where we've been and set up the next one, right? Like, it has to do all these different yeah. things. Like, it can't just be Ant Man. It has to be Ant-Man, how he ties into Nick Fury, and how it leads to Ant-Man and the Wasp, or whatever, right? Yep. I know that this is the ninth movie in the franchise. I know that it's going to be impossible to not reference previous ones, to not sort of catch the audience up, because this is sort of like a new, hey, if you love The Rock and you don't want to watch eight Fast and Furious movies, you can just start here. Like, I feel like this is another entry yeah. point of the series. Right? Like I know yep. that we're going to have, to some extent, a recap. I'm fine with that. Yeah. I don't want all of this to lead to, like, Oh, make sure you come back two. in two years for Hobbs and Shaw too. Yeah, like I, we yep. know what's going to happen. Let's just tell the story here. Let's have a story be you know self-contained, one that we want to watch over and over again. And then if you want to like have like a post-credit scene or a mid-credit scene or whatever that leads to the second one, cool. But I don't want to have the whole story be like sort of a build-up to. And I don't know that it's going to be, but that's just like I feel yeah. like a trend in a lot of I'm movies that are this big, where it's like oh. Not only are we going to make a billion dollars, but we're going to set ourselves up to make a billion dollars in two years, too. Like, you yeah, really I don't know what you're going to, to. Let's keep it easy. Twilight, Breaking Dawn, Saga Part 1. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, that's what I 
I'm dreading. I don't think we're going to get it, but we might. I don't know. Like, I, I think what these movies do to their benefit retroactively refer back to the other ones. Like, I don't think they really set up, like, aside from... No, you're right. At the yeah, end of Six, where we have Jason Statham show up, where we have Deckard show up, I feel like they don't really tease what's coming next. Or, like, at the end of Five, where they're, where they're like, oh, Letty's still alive. But those are kind of, like, they're not what the movie's about. Like, that's what, like, the final scene tacked on at the end. Like, I feel like they're good in that way. I want yeah, to sort of I agree. have them stay that way. Same. I'm with you. Yep. I completely forgot about these questions, so I'm sure you did too. So question number one, who will be the fastest? I think uh, the Shaw sister. It's my call. God damn it. I was going to say her. Vanessa Kirby. Not the sleeper pick, but like the, the sort of the, fir- the top choice, of like the second tier down, right? Well, you know, based on like the character tropes we have, she's going to be the new Brian. Ooh, the, the pretty blonde. She's a pretty blonde. Like, we know who Hobbs is, we yep. know who Shaw is, we have Helen Mirren, we have a villain, we need a Brian. She's it's going to be her. She's a mysterious outsider, kind of. That's what I'm saying. She's going to give us that factor. We can't have two strong men and a strong man bad guy and not, like, what is it, like, like a clever protagonist. Yeah. I'm trying to think of who else I would say if I can't say her, because I think that, that was going to be, like, what I was going to say. You know, we, we Hobbs is not fast. Shaw is not necessarily fast. I'm going to say, by default, I'll say that Idris Elba, whatever his character's name is, Black Superman, is going to be... Do you know his character's name or no? Because I don't. He did. He They said it in the they said it in the trailer, but I forget okay. at this point. That's fine. I'm going to say he's going to be fast. It's just by sort of process of elimination, because I feel like they're going to have to beat fast with fury. They're going to have to beat speed with fury. So the next question is, who's going to be the most furious? Huh. We've seen the fury of Hobbs. We've seen the fury of Shaw. I'm gonna say here's here's a here's an outside thing. I'm gonna say Mama Hobbs. Mama Hobbs. Are we gonna even see his mom? We don't know. I don't know. Just make a wild card pick. I can just okay. See then his... I'll go Helen Mirren. Mother. I'm gonna go Mother Shaw. Yeah. All Mother business Shaw, here for sure. We've seen Hobbs all business at work, taking care of business, getting stuff done. Right. I, I think we might get this. Cause I feel like Ooh. it's the kind of joke that like a movie like this, Dude. not just Fast and Furious, but like a movie like this, a blockbuster sort of like a joke yeah. that the whole family can enjoy. That he goes back home and like just gets put right back in his place by his mom like while she's making breakfast or something just like Luke you sit down you, you don't move Dude, till you finish that plate by the way by the way you fucked this up so bad because you should have picked daughter Hobbs and she's just like kicking ass you Do know we, what I mean is she gonna be in this we don't know that's what I'm saying but we've seen her before she True. exists you know, I watched, uh, since we last talked about Fate of the Furious, I watched the uh, Amazon series. You know, they do All or Nothing, which is kind of like Hard Knocks, but it's it follows yeah. the team over a season. I watched the one about the New Zealand All Blacks, which is the the, the, the rugby team over there. Oh, okay, cool. It, they're the team that does the, the, the haka, which is the dance that they do at the beginning of Fate of the Furious. Very cool. So it's, you know, I have, every time they did it, because they show that there's like six episodes, and they do before every game. Like, the whole pageantry of it, which is the same thing that they do in the in the, the girls' soccer game in Fate, they go out there and they sort of channel the ancestors of the team and sort of like, you know, encourage them, imbibe their spirits into the body and like sort of help them win the game. And it's always like the challenge to the other team, like the call, like, are you man enough to like stand across from us and watch us do this? And they always do. So like that's sort of like the, the background of this. So I think, you know, I, okay. I, I always knew that it was from the New Zealand All Blacks, but no, now that I saw the two and a half hour, three hour Amazon series, which is pretty cool. I mean, not you definitely don't have to watch it, but it's a cool, mindless thing to watch. Yeah. Uh, Nothing is sort of the, the background of it that I like. You know, not that, that was really maybe my favorite part of Fate, but uh, I love it even more. Yeah, I'm with you. And also, cool. the reason I say that is because we knew that she was furious from that scene alone. Yep. Daddy's got to go to work. Daughter's got to go to work. Yeah. Who will cause the biggest explosion? I got to go Shaw with this one. Ooh. Because I think that Hobbs is an easy choice, and I think that Hobbs is going to try to use brute force, but Shaw's going to have like some kind of like crazy bomb thing that he made 
that he has that blows something like, you know, half the planet off or something like that. Because I think that if we're in Vegas, if we're laying odds on this question, I think that the, the heavy favorite's got to be Idris Elba. Yeah. But the good guys have to win, too. The good guys have to win, but I think they're going to win sort of with their cunning. But you just said they have to be furious. Well, yeah, I mean, there's smart fury. There is. I gotta go with Idris, I think. I think just he... Okay. But then, you know, the next question, I want. I don't want to have us... Are you saving our answers for, like, the recap? No. That's fine. We're free-balling it. Who will cause the most pedestrian deaths? I'm gonna go Idris for that one. Yeah. But Shaw's a good choice, too. Hobbs, definitely not. Now, do you think... So, you know, in, in again, going back to Marvel, I feel like Marvel is like the only franchise we can really compare this to. I think we talked about this with Walt yeah. when Walt was on. You know, a lot of the Marvel movies now are bad guys, like in Spider-Man, with Michael Keaton, people are elevating themselves to battle back against Tony, right? Like, it's just, you know, yes. Iron Man sort of raised the game, and so now villains are becoming... So what if Idris Elba is sort of in retaliation, like either Hobbs or Shaw does something, probably Shaw... That like is so catastrophic, or like you know something happens and like Idris he, like, is, like hurts a, his home country yes. or something, and Idris okay. is like a response to that. Maybe I don't know if that would kill necessarily pedestrians, civilians. Yeah, I think Idris is the smart money here, but just to have a different answer, I'm gonna go just with the field. I'm gonna say a character that we have not talked about, that we don't know. There's gonna be some wild card that's gonna come in here. You know, maybe Idris okay. has like a right hand man, a right hand woman, or something. And uh, okay, they yeah, he's got to have like a little bit of a crew, I think, right? Like yeah. At least one or two. Yeah. Okay. That was all the questions that we had before. Other thoughts about Hobbs and Shaw before we wrap yeah, up? Yeah, I have one thought, yep. and it kind of plays into my last thought, and it's just that another hope that I have is that they keep this trimmed down character list. I hope that, like, as much as I was saying, I want like a cameo of someone we know. I don't want them to add too many characters in this. Because I don't want to ever have to have, like, you know, an endgame situation where we have 700 Fast and the Furious characters breaking through Wakanda together. Well, I love I love that about endgame, but I also feel like there's a difference because every movie is that, essentially, right? Like, it's not like we haven't seen... I mean, to a certain extent, like, you know, we haven't seen Twinkie, we haven't seen Sean in a while, but, like... For the most part, like, everyone's in all the movies. I think that's what, that's sort of, you know, what you're against, right? Like, it's kind of the, there's just too much going on. I think Endgame yeah. works because it's, it's 22, 23 different stories, and a lot of these characters haven't been together, and we haven't seen a lot of them in a while, or whatever. You know, I, I don't know that there would necessarily be, other than for people like us, much to see, you know, if say everybody was alive, but like, you know, Jesse coming back and Vince coming back, you know, like just like, it's like, oh, okay. Like, but like everybody we really care about. I don't think we have to worry about that too much in this spinoff, but I'm saying like they have a possibility where like they can start like, cause we know Roman Reigns is going to be in it, right? Yep. I don't want them to give Hobbs a crew of more than two. I don't want any more than like the Shaws, you know, we got a sister that's good. And I don't want Idris to have more than like three bad guys with him too mm-hmm. right like i don't want this to be a 30-man ensemble in the beginning of a new spin-off franchise keep it right and also tight yep exactly i'm gonna try to avoid reviews I, I think it's gonna be impossible just because i not i don't look for reviews but i follow a bunch of film sites and i just see stuff pop up i'm gonna try to and avoid... you're gonna clickbait titles for sure yeah I'm going to do my best to avoid reviews, sort of, because I, I knew going into Fate that, like, it wasn't as well-reviewed as other movies. Like, people still liked it, but it was just like, oh, this kind of, you know, Dom betrays what you... Like, I sort of went into that movie a little bit like, oh, I don't know. So I'm going to try to go in here with as open a mind as possible. I mean, you and I both want to love not only just every movie we see, but especially every one of these. This has a lot of potential. That's, that's what's freaking me out here. Is it like, I'm not expecting anything from Nine right now. 
But I'm expecting a lot from Hobbs and Shaw. So here's and a question I, for you. I don't want to over get overhyped for it and get myself let down. When we see it in two weeks and we do yeah. our immediate reaction episode, I think that's going to be like we sort of have to let the, the hype, the buzz wear off. That we're going to probably, I would imagine, bit, yeah. see it again a second time, yep. you know, separately to then record with yep. Mike. And I think on that episode or maybe the Relap recap right after that, we'll do our re-rankings with Hobbs and Shaw in there. So now... I agree. I know that this is... Maybe an impossible question, considering you've seen the first, say, three, you know, 50 times or 100 times or whatever, and you've seen, even the ones you haven't seen a lot, you've seen 10 times or whatever. Yeah. Knowing your rankings roughly where they are, where do you see best case scenario, you walking out, do you think that there's a chance like this is your favorite Fast and Furious movie when it's all said and done? Do you think, like, (sighs) the ones that you love are just so firmly up there? It could possibly break the top five. It could maybe sneak in at, like... Five at the best, so I like, think. So like five, six, and one, you think are pretty much like unimpeachably at the top. Yeah. In some order. Yep. And then Tokyo Drift also? Yep. It could maybe jump Tokyo Drift like to like four. And I'm talking like, like this has got to be like so mind-blowingly good right. that I think that maybe it could hit four. Like that's that's what I can assume. And I would imagine that's not just true of Hobbs and Shaw, but of, of every new Fast and Furious movie, right? Like it's, you know, yeah. you're really going to have to sort of blow us away to where they kind of crack it. Like, I feel like I love five and six, and, you know, I, I love one a lot, but I feel like it could be, I think, maybe up to three. And, if, you know, five and six or six and five or whatever order I have them in, I think, are the, the top two, and, like, those are just, you know, so wonderful and pure for what they are. You know, I love the other ones, but I think it could be, I think, best-case scenario, possibly my third favorite. I mean, I also, I don't want to say, like, it's it can't be, like, this could be the greatest movie of all time. We don't know. You know what I mean? But uh, we, We'd have no idea, yeah. But I think just, just realistically, trying to keep it sort of in check. That's how I'm going into it, yeah. But I also think, you know, knowing... Not that we don't like them, but two, four, and eight kind of toward the bottom, I think it would have to be pretty mediocre to not at least be in consideration for being better than those. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. There's a good chance this is going to be right in the middle of the range. I think so. I feel like yeah. that's probably going to be true of, like, most of the movies, which is still fine, until, which is still great. Until we get to a point where we've seen them all, and we, like, we're going to need to be, like, four years removed from the la- like, from ten to really start to reassess, right? So here is what I, here's the thing that I most want and most don't want, all in one. I want okay. this movie to be, however it's made, a movie that I want to watch three times a year forever. Yeah, obviously. Like, that's, that's all I need. Like, if it's, if it's fine like that cool i'm good that's all same yeah simple as that you know just make what are it... we gonna do if this movie's like unwatchable and the podcast just just end it end ourselves and the podcast well you know my my big internal debate here and it's just, just sort of my, my my number ocd is that like the first time we're doing hobbs and shaw is in lap four but it's not really lap four for hobbs and shaw but i also don't want to say like hobbs and shaw lap one like it's hobbs and shaw lap four but it's the first yeah. time you know what i mean like it's just this weird but that's it's gonna be something that's gonna be true forever like every time we're gonna do it like so like lap five is gonna have or you know say lap seven or whatever it's gonna have Hobbs yeah. and Shaw lap seven is also gonna have fast nine lap seven was gonna be the first time you know I don't know should we just like watch Hobbs and Shaw like five times in a row when it comes out on VOD and catch up I mean we could do that I don't I don't want to but we could yeah we could and like make it so that it's at least equal and talk about it maybe we'll, we'll think about that and then like every time yeah. so that but the, the so the problem is doable for Hobbs and Shaw but then By the time like ten comes May, out, we're gonna do like thirty times seven or eight for nine, yeah. and then you know the next summer if we're doing the female led one, we're we'll have to do it like twelve times, and then you know each time we're gonna have three three new. It's just it's gonna become unachievable very quickly. Yep. But I do like the idea. I like try. the ambition. Maybe that can be a uh, Patreon bonus. Just us live streaming twelve hours, us watching the movie six times back to back to back in a row, no break. Just like 
Yeah, exactly. Patreon.com slash too fast too forever if you want to uh if you pay us enough money we will do it. We'll do, honestly we'll do anything if you pay us enough money. There's not much I wouldn't do for some money. So now Joe, before we wrap up Too Fast You Forever, there's one more thing we have to do. Justin Kleinman, earlier this episode we talked about how he sent in a car picture of the car that he had just bought. So I'm gonna have you try to guess. He wanted you to guess what car it was. Okay? Okay. So here is the uh, very important bit of trivia or the bit of um here's I your first what it hint, is. So okay? it's a new car, so that's that helps. Go ahead. Well, it's not a new car. Oh, yeah, that's right. He could have bought a used car. Never mind. So here's the thing. It is a, a sort of like a light baby blue, like a really nice blue. Powder uh, blue. Also, even more helpful, the license plate, his mini Minnesota license plate, color matches the, the car. So oh. if that's not enough to get this car away, I don't know what is. <laughs> so this is, let me actually get here. Let's see here. It's an American car. Did you know that or did you have to look it up? Oh, no, I knew it. I knew it. Okay. The manufacturer, the make is a company I've heard of. I, have, I don't know if I've heard of this model. The model. Okay. Um, I don't know if I knew this was a car. It's. I'm going to give you a hint. It's from the 60s. Damn. Okay. So he went old school with this car. Okay. Um, he says, um, I just bought a car, so I thought I would send it for a guessing game. Um, he says, it's a nondescript family cruiser, but I've never owned an old car before, and I'm excited. Old cars are actually really fun to own, so. He said, its engine is a 389 with a two-barrel carb. Ooh, 389. Right. It is uh, a blue car. Um, also, there's a picture of him and his, his kids wearing a, a twin shirt, so that's cool. This is not the most descriptive of things, but the wheel well, where the wheels are in the car, uh-huh. sort of covers up the top of the wheel. I don't know if that's something that's common in old cars or not, but you can't really see the top of the wheel sort of hidden by it. Like the, the wheel's sort of more I under the car. Yeah. The uh, I mean, it's, it's a good-looking car. Let's see here. The front, um, there are two headlights vertically stacked on either side the grill are straight across looks like there's like three or four kind of like straight bars across that come out to a a jutting out to a triangle in the front okay which i think might be a giveaway i'm not sure is it a pontiac it is a pontiac you didn't know what it was a pontiac so a grand am not a grand am you'd have known that no yeah my mom had a grand am i think my grandparents had a grand am that they gave to my mom so i know that one this is one this is a word i know but i did not know it was a car Pontiac. Is the jutting out to a triangle in the front, is that a, give, a giveaway for the Pontiac? Because I feel like it is. A lot of the Pontiacs had this, yeah. Okay. See, that's, that's one thing about cars I actually know. Well, you're learning a lot just mm-hmm. by playing the game on the other side, too. The back is honestly nondescript. The whole rear is flat. Looks like a really deep trunk. Um, but the whole hmm. back is flat. Going across is flat. There's big vertical brake lights on either side. I don't know what are the names... Like Pontiac, Grand Zam, Trans so Am. Here's a hint, and I don't know if this is actually going to help or not. I think the type of car it is is also an island. A Fiji? It's also a salad dressing. Russian? Nope. <laughs> the Pontiac Russian? The Pontiac Russian. Of course, everybody's favorite car from the 60s. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. I right? wonder if, if there was ever a car called the Russian, I wonder what decade it would have most been from. Now, definitely don't name a car a Russian. I feel back back then in the Cold War, you don't name a car the Russian. Yeah. Um, I feel like never would you, would you have named a car a Russian. But, uh, yeah, what the fuck? It's a salad dressing? That threw me off mm-hmm. more than anything. It's basic, So the, the salad dressing is kind of like a, uh, I think the way to describe it is like French with more sugar, I think. I don't know. Pontiac Catalina. Ooh, Catalina. Why didn't you say this is a Catalina wine mixer? Well, because I don't have stepbrothers on the brain all the time like you do. But I, I said do. it's an island, and it's a salad dressing. Yeah. Oh, dude, this That's is nice really fucking car. cool, too. Yeah, right? it's clean. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. So thank you, Justin, for sending in that yeah, sorry picture. Yeah, sorry, I didn't get it. Congratulations was... on your new car. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. Wow. This So this color blue is like the color blue that my dad wanted to paint his um his Cutlass. He really wanted to paint it. I convinced him to paint it black instead, 
but this is really cool. I like the line on it, too. And the chrome still looks pretty decent. The chrome usually, like, rusts in these kind of old cars, and this looks really, really nice. I wonder, how the fuck did you get this in Minnesota and it not be, like, a, just a giant rust bucket? It's beautiful. Oh, good, yeah, when I, you, when I moved down to Austin and yeah. I, I had my car inspected down there, like, the whole, like, underside was like rusted out they're like oh yeah. yeah this is just what happens in the north because like there's between like the the, the winter but also because of the salt on the roads and the salt yep. just kicks up and just like yep. completely fucks up everything yep i was like oh yeah they're like oh, we don't see this down here i was like cool but now my car like it just i i need to go to an inspection like it's not it's not hurting anything just i need to get past somewhere you know what i mean so yep. and if you have a car in like arizona the car is like fucking beautiful for you know thousands of years because yeah it's dry and mm-hmm. yeah cool well again thank you justin thank and you now, justin for signing in the, the car show. that's really cool well, for all things Too Fast, Too Forever, all almost four full laps of the show, you can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast, Too Forever, or at Too Fast, Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Check out our Patreon page. Get some merch. Decide what we watch and what we talk about at TooFastTooForever.com. Come back next week for Fast and Furious 6. Come back after that for, you know, our Hobbs and Shaw hype episode, our immediate reactions. And then basically... We're never going to stop talking about Hobson Shaw, so just, you know, come back, listen to it, tell your friends about it, leave us a review, and just, you know, yeah. email us, like we said, say hi, family at cageclub.me. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe, too. And we'll see you next week for Fast and Furious 6, right here on Too Fast, Too Forever. No one could do it better. Oh, H to the O-V. 